Morning, church. Good to see you all. Uh, just one other kind of little notice, but something to pray for uh, today. So our upper north site in St. Ives, uh, you know, there have been about 20 people gathering, gathering there, and they are starting the Alpha course this afternoon, uh, which will run for the next eight weeks. And they uh, have got nine uh, guests coming, which is amazing, isn't it? There's going to be a third again, really, on, on who's there. So that's very exciting. So please pray for that as that kicks off, that all nine, you know, arrive, that they stay on the course. Uh, the other thing I just I put out there, they uh, have a lot of kids, and they, they're actually some of the guests are coming with kids. So I know Grace is serving to help with the kids this afternoon. But if anyone would really like to bless them and help with the kids, then contact Quinton or Kate. So it'll be a Sunday afternoon uh, from 4 uh, for, the, for the next seven weeks. So just putting that out there, if anyone feels called, would be a real blessing uh, to help them. But please pray uh, for the uh, Alpha course. It's really exciting to have that number joining them is, is obviously great. <clears throat> Let's... Just pray. Lord, I thank you that you are at work amongst us. Lord, we do pray for this Alpha course, and we pray for these nine guests. We ask you to um, draw them, Lord, as you already have. They've said yes to invitations, and we pray that they would follow through, Lord. They'd come this afternoon. Uh, they'd be drawn by the love of your family, of us, Lord. And so we pray that they'd have a great afternoon uh, we pray that they come back week after week and actually discover who you are and the love that you have for them. So please come, uh, draw them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as you uh, would know, I'm sure most of you, that um, this week we've had uh, Adrian and Jess, uh, we've been announcing that, that they are leaving Grace City Church. Um, and it's been a difficult week working that through, and uh, I'd have to say that um, I'm, you know, really uh, saddened and hugely disappointed, really, as we headed off with our first site and uh, invited Adrian and Jess to come, and it's really disappointing, obviously, that, uh, that we, they're moving on. I think, you know, personally, it's, it's challenging, and although I see God's hand, uh, but it really is challenging to, um, to really uh, know exactly what God is doing in it all. But what I do know is that I'm not uh, sorry for bringing them in. I feel like that was the right thing, and God has used them to open up uh, that site and uh, used them with the team there to plant and see uh, that site established, uh, which is you know, moving forward so well. So I know God has really used them among us, and that is really exciting and good. But it is definitely challenging. But all the things we've been singing, we have to actually work those things out. And I know in my life, I think on the back of what has been a fairly emotional year with all sorts of things, like my mum dying and other things, uh, you know, it is an emotional uh, strain. And so I do feel that. But I have to say that I do stand this morning, wanting to apply all the things we're singing about, because that is the truth, that Jesus is our rock, that He is the one that takes us forward, that He's the one we rest in, that He is the one that uh, is shaping all of us, each of us individually, but also us as a church. And so 
I do feel like I stand here in his strength this morning, otherwise I know I wouldn't be able to stand here this morning. Um, God has called us on on an adventure. He said that to us, I guess it was four or five years ago now. And that, in, that adventure, as we spoke about at that time, it involves risk, it involves you know, learning from our mistakes, it, inver- it in, uh, involves loss, and all those things are part of adventure, as well as great victory and uh, great success and pressing on. So all those things are part of the adventure that God calls us on. And he calls Adrian and Jess into that adventure, he calls us as a church and as individuals into that adventure. So it is uh, very, very sad, though, having said all of that, that they are moving on. And you would know if you got the email, we're going to be available to answer any questions after the meeting. So at about quarter to 12, we'll meet in the Luana room where we're happy to, you know, just answer any questions. We want to help everybody through uh, into continuing in God's purposes. I think where that led me this morning is you look at, well, uh, what do we, we preach on? What do we talk about? And I think it can leave you with the question, how can this be church? You know, how can this be church when often there is a mess, there is often drama, there is often challenges, difficulties, relational difficulties? How can this be church? I think it's a question we have to ask ourselves. And not only these, uh, you know, kind of more high-profile things, if you like, but, but between us, you know, between you, there can be relational things. We can think, oh, I'm unhappy with church because of this or that. And, you know, how can this be church, I think, is really the question we have to ask ourselves. Because the amazing, or you might think bizarre thing, is that God chooses us, He chooses us knowing all our flaws and failures, but He chooses us to be His ambassadors to actually reflect Him to the world. He actually calls us and chooses each one of us to be His church and to reflect Him to the world. And yet, we so often seem to be not doing that very well. Has He made a mistake? Is it the wrong plan? How can he choose me, you know, to be that? And yet, that is what he does. He's chosen each one of us to be his ambassadors. And this morning, I want us to look out of Ephesians in chapter 3, if you've got your Bibles. Sorry, there's no PowerPoint this morning. But if you've got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 3. <clears throat> We're going to look at it through to the end of the chapter. But I just want to read a few of the verses first from verse 7. Paul says this, he says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. This is what we called, not only Paul, but we are called to make known the boundless riches of Christ. The boundless riches of Christ. What an amazing phrase that is. He says, And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, 
the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has a calling to us, his church. Us, his church, that means you and me, the church, not an organization, but a people. That's all of us, and his calling is to each one of us. There's actually no opportunity to be in church and to be able to stand back as a spectator and say, I don't really like what's happening there. I'm not really, you know, happy with that. Uh, Or, you know, that's good over there for them, but I'm on the edge. Actually, there's, there's no spot in Jesus' church for that. He calls us all to be the church. Each one of us is the church. We make it up together. There are no in, in those inside and those on the fringe. The reality is he calls us to be his church. He says that through the church, that's through you and me, his people, he's going to make known his wisdom. What is that? It's going to make known who he is. It's going to make known his glory, going to make known his love and his sacrifice. That's what he's going to make known. And actually, he sees in each one of us, probably more than we see in ourselves, that we have the ability to do that. That actually you, each one of you, has the ability to make Christ known, his glory, his love, his wonder. He's called you to make him known. And we can look at ourselves, we can say, I'm useless, I'm no good, how can I reflect anything of God? But God sees more in you than actually you see in yourself. He has more faith for you than you have for yourself. He sees a people that he has called and changed to reflect him, to reflect his glory. And the Bible gives uh, six pictures or descriptions or analogies, if you like, of what the church is. We could do a massive sermon or series really on each one, but I'm just going to run through these six The first one is a bride. We can read about in Ephesians, in Revelation. He calls the church his bride. His bride. Obviously, as we know, brides, they're dressed in white, all the makeup's done. They've spent hours perfecting everything, nails, and I don't even want to know what else, but all the bits and pieces, everything is perfect, absolutely perfect. This bride that is spotless, without blemish. And that's how he calls us, his church. We're going to be his bride. It's an amazing picture, this beautiful bride that he is coming back for. Secondly, we see that he calls us a temple or building. A temple or building, you can read that in Ephesians or 1 Corinthians or 1 Peter about being living stones. He says you're a building built together, these living stones that actually are a place for the Holy Spirit to dwell. Each one of us built together, layer upon layer, you know, built together. There's, there's no, it's not about the bricks lying on the side. We're a building built together. There's no opportunity uh, to be a spectator. You built together, each one of you, knitted together, built together. We are all built together as His building, this place that the Holy Spirit dwells in. Holy Spirit dwells in us. We know He dwells in us when we're saved, but actually corporately as the church, He dwells in us. We see He calls the church a flock of sheep. A flock of sheep. Well, why sheep? Well, sheep need to be 
led and guided by a shepherd, and Jesus is our shepherd. He leads us, he guides us, he keeps us away from the wolves, he steers us out of danger, he takes us through the difficulties, he takes us through challenges. He is our shepherd. As leaders in God's church, we are under-shepherds, as they use the word. We, we, yes, we help lead, but it's Jesus who is leading us. He leads us through the difficulties, through the challenges. That's what he does with his sheep, this flock that we are. Fourthly, we are a family. We are a family or household, as it speaks about in Ephesians 2. He, he says that we uh, are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of his household. We are members of his household. We are family together, as we often talk about. Fifthly, we are a body. We are a body. This amazing picture in Ephesians 1 of the body. That is all connected together. Every piece, again, so connected. If I chop my finger off and leave it to the side, well, it, it's not part of the body. It's not doing me any good anymore. But every one of us is knitted together, everyone having a part to play. Everyone called to purpose. That purpose looking different based on the gifts that God gives you, anointing that He places on you for different times, different seasons. But everyone having a part to play. No matter how small, how large, we are all called to play a part as the body. There is no way that we can get away from that. We are connected. This body of mine, whether it's fat and old, but it is all connected. It is all connected. And sixthly, we see this picture in the Song of Solomon's about an army. An army. It says in 6.10, Who is this who looks down like the dawn, beautiful as the moon, bright as the sun, terrible as an army with banners? We can replace the word terrible with awesome. Awesome as an army with banners. Terrible as an army with banners. This is a picture of God's power and might displayed in His church. That actually His church uh, takes ground. It is advancing. It is moving forward as He leads us. It is this army it's this army. It's an incredible picture. In the old days with those armies, when they had banners flying, it was the most you know, petrifying sight to see this massive army coming in with banners flying. When there were lots of banners, it was a bigger and bigger army. It's a scary picture to the enemy, the gathered church. We are a dangerous people as we are the church together. So we see these incredible pictures, but again, still the question is, how can we be these things when we are a weak people that just often don't look like that? Let's carry on in Ephesians 3 from verse 12. It says, in Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings, this is Paul speaking, uh, which are your glory. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. There are three huge keys in that passage. Firstly, that we are rooted and established in love. This is why we can be the church of all those pictures. Why? Because we have been rooted and established in love, as it says in verse 17. I'm not much of a gardener, but I do like planting things, like going to the nursery and buying plants and planting them. They don't always survive, but um, I do like that part of it. But, you know, I know the difference that when you plant a bush, a shrub, a tree, there's that initial stage where actually you can go, you can grab it, and you could pull it out of the ground quite easily. But then it gets to a stage where the roots have actually established themselves. You talk about an established tree or an established plant. What does it mean? It means the roots have actually taken hold and, and they've got into the dirt and they're so intricately meshed in there that you can't actually just pull it out anymore. And this is how we're meant to be, church. We're meant to be rooted and established in love. Rooted and established, not just uh, knowing, you know, a bit of love, but actually we are so filled with God's love again and again, day after day after day, that we are rooted and established in love. Is that where you are today? Are you in God's that way that you know, yes, God, I'm just rooted and established. And when the winds come, when uh, things blow against us, we find ourselves rooted and established in love. Secondly, we see in verse 12 that we can approach God with freedom and confidence. There's an approach. We have an approach to God. We can come to Him with freedom and confidence. We can know His presence in our lives. As the church, we can know His presence, and so we can know freedom and confidence. So when we talk of being an army, we think, I don't know, but actually we can approach God and that gives us a freedom and a confidence to step into all that he is saying. Thirdly, we see in verse 16 that we are strengthened with power in our inner being through his spirit. The Holy Spirit, you see, does a work in us that strengthens us in our inner being. It's like that tree again. It's rooted. It's got rooted. The roots have gone, gone wide. They've taken hold in God's love. There's strength there. And now that love is pumping through this whole plant. It's pumping right through. And we now find the Holy Spirit is doing that within our inner being, within, within the core of the tree. There's a strength. There's a power to withstand, to stand firm. And that's what God does in us as we rooted in His love, as we approach Him with confidence. He strengthens us through the Holy Spirit in our inner being. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Well, this is what our God does. And so when we look at those pictures of who we are as the church, we find actually, yes, we can be those things. Why? Because this is the way He has called us, because He gives us everything that we need to be His glorious church. At the end of uh, verse 19, we see there that He says, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We rooted, we established, we approach, 
We are strengthened all so that we can be full to the measure of all the fullness of God. So yes, those pictures can become something real as we dwell in God in this way and we receive His fullness. So today is our gift day. And we can come to our gift day thinking, well, actually it's all too hard, really. You know, I just don't know about any of this. But as I've said, He calls us to be His church. He calls us to be rooted, to approach, to be strengthened. And He says, because of this, you can rise up, church. You can press into my purposes for you. When we come to call for giving, we think, well, that's touching, in one sense, the hardest part. My wallet's in my pocket, I guess that's why I put my hand down there. It touches something that's hard for us to let go of, but it's like, well, where are we, church? Are we rooted, established, filled to all the measure of God that we've been singing about this morning? You see, God has poured out His love in our lives. We know what love is. As we sing that song, you know what love is. We know what love is. We have received it again and again, daily poured out in our lives. And so we read in 1 John 3, 16 to 18, says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. We know that. We rooted and established in it. We know that love. And then it says, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. See, once we receive this love and we root it and establish it, and we called to be this reflection to the world we call to be conduits of God's love to the world around us. That's what we call to be. We called to love our city. We've known God say He wants us to shape the city. That means loving our city. It means caring for our city, caring for those that are our neighbors, our friends around us, caring for those that we work with, caring for those that we touch at the school gate that we meet with. We called to uh, shape this city. And so we want to be conduits, and coming to something like the gift day is a huge opportunity for us to do that, because this gift day is all about us being the light to the world. It is about us showing who we are as the church to the world. Our gift day is really about loving our neighbors and our city. You saw the things on the screen, what you could see of them, all the things that are listed there that are really about loving people. We know food care does that so well, week after week, and we need to finance that. We know we've blessed Fisher Road School through the years as they work with some of the most handicapped and disabled kids uh, in this um, part of Sydney. This cottage counseling, which is helps people to come through as they struggle with different things. Women's Refuge that, you know, is helping women coming out of domestic violence. It's been so great what the team have been doing into that. And then beyond that, into 
uh, being able to bless all the churches in regions beyond, those that are struggling, those who are taking uh, great ground in difficult circumstances, that our finance is going to help them establish and take things further. In Burundi, as you know, even with being able to buy that vehicle. So, so many things where we are able to be this light that we are called to be. And I believe that as we are rooted in His love, as we're in His presence, as we're strengthened by the Holy Spirit this morning, we will be able to see great generosity released among us. Great generosity released among us. There are two great examples of that in the Bible. One in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we see in Exodus that uh, Moses actually had to restrain the people from giving. In Exodus 35, um, Moses calls them to give as they're going to develop um, the, the, temp, the tabernacle. And he says, Exodus 35, 20, 21, then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence. Everyone who was willing and those whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service and for all the sacred garments. Then we see in verse later in, sorry, chapter 36, we see that they start to bring so much, so much that actually Moses has to give an order, sent word throughout the camp saying, no man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were constrained from bringing more because what they had already had was more than enough to do all the work. What an amazing picture. We see it again in the New Testament. We see the Macedonians referred to by Paul in 2 Corinthians, who gave well above their means. He says this, And our brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. Could the bands come up, please? That last verse says, they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. And so as we come this morning, even as, as, a, as a church, we face challenges, but we are called to reflect God's glory. We are called, as we stand rooted and established in love, we are called to come and be a blessing 